Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome inside Chillin' with Shalot. I'm play-by-play broadcaster TJ Shalot, and through my years of traveling the world, calling hockey games in many different leagues and locations across the United States, I've come across some great people and even better stories. On this pod, I'll be talking to some of my friends and colleagues from across the hockey world to give you an unfiltered look at working in the world of sports. Today's guest from the Henderson Silver Knights, the head equipment manager, and my friend George Lopez. George, what's up, man? It's been a long time. What's up, brother? It has been a long time. So, cheers. Cheers. Tequila? Tequila, obviously. Of course, of course. You can't have a last name like Lopez and be drinking anything but tequila. <laughs> George, you've yeah. been through it all. I mean, you've you've been the equipment manager in Laredo, Texas. You've been up in Seattle. You were together with me in Mississippi for one season. You got to lift the Stanley Cup. You got to get to that spot this past year as a member of the Silver Knights. They call you up during the big run. What was that like? Like, our first, my question is: Did you ask, like, leading up, like, "Hey, if we win this thing, can I lift this? Like, am I a part of it, or is it just kind of known?" What was it like? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I did ask Rachel before. I was like, my fiance. I was like, if we win this, should I lift it or should I wait till you know, like, I'm like. A, because I'm with the Henderson Silver Knights, so when I'm actually with the big club, and she was like, yeah, I mean, I asked Joel Ward, too, one of my close friends, assistant coach with the Silver Knights, and he was like, man, if someone hands it to you, just live in the moment, just take it. And Mark Stone handed it to me, so I'm not going to tell Stoney no. That's right, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and from, no, it was great. from what I know about you, you make relationships and you make with friends with everybody, so I'm not surprised that Mark just came over to you and said, you know what, here you go, take it, because yeah. even though you're there for a short time, you know how to make an imprint yeah. on people. No, it's really cool. Like Since Henderson and Vegas are so close, we're very tight-knit organization, so I'm like the guys see me quite often, and uh, yeah, Silver Knights, we didn't have the best of years, so when uh, our season ended, I got the call-up, so I was there for their whole run. And we, so I was with Taxi Squad plus with the big club. So yeah, the guy saw me day to day and I was on the road with them. So no, it was really cool. It was an unbelievable experience. And I've had a couple people have asked me like, how was it lifting? And it's just surreal. Like you kind of black out. Like it's crazy. It's but it insane. was awesome. It's insane. And yeah. for the people that are that are out there that don't quite understand the hockey world, obviously you're the head equipment manager of the Henderson Silver Knights in the American Hockey League. As you just mentioned, they kind of called you up. How does your day-to-day change when you're like a number three or number four guy with the big club yeah. during that run? What are you doing? Are you just getting kind of all the crap jobs? You sort of, but you're just kind of like just wherever's needed. So like just extra set of hands. And I've told a lot of people this, it's it's crazy the difference between the AHL, which is great hockey, really high level hockey, to the NHL, like my inter- the intermissions on a game day in the NHL are nonstop. Like it's just busy as hell. Like Marcus wants his glove tightened, or someone needs like a stick cutter and not put on sharpenings. Like it's just always something going on. Where in the American Hockey League, sometimes I'm just sitting down waiting for something to happen, but. In the NHL, I never sat down in intermission. It was actually that was probably the most eye-opening thing. It was just so busy. That's insane. While we while we're talking about the Stanley Cup, you and I had a bet at the beginning yeah. of the Stanley Cup finals, and I have to tell you a little bit of a thing here. So we're going to clue everybody in on the bet. So the bet was obviously the Charlotte Checkers, the affiliates of the Florida Panthers, going into that Stanley Cup final. Henderson, the affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights. George and I bet a case of beer. Whoever's team came out on top would ultimately receive a case of beer from the other. 
Did you know? It hasn't been here though. Where is it? Is it lost in the mail? This is what I'm going to tell you. This is what I'm telling you. So I went online. I was actually going to one up it and I was going to get you an engraved bottle of 1800. Okay. I was going to get something put on it. Of all the things that you can do in Nevada, let's think about this. All the things you can do, you cannot legally direct ship alcohol to Nevada. So there is no way that I can get you alcohol. They will not. You can't direct ship it. So I got to either put it in a box and just hope that no one figures out that this is booze or, or, or I could just, or I could drive it. That's not a bad idea. Or you could fly out to Charlotte and check things out here. Or maybe I could just send you a drizzly or something and get you a delivery of a case of beer. But I I wanted it to be some of the, I mean, that's the thing with Charlotte is there's so many good breweries here. Like I was going to get you a really good brewery and, you know, send you something like that, but you can't send it to Nevada of all that. Like I thought for sure you could have put a gun to my head and said, Hey, does Nevada, can you send booze to someone who lives in Nevada? I'd be like, yeah, sure. Cause it's not like, yeah, it's not New York. It's not California. No. You can't. It's Vegas. Like, exactly. It's crazy. There's prostitutes on the corner, for crying yes. out loud. You know what else is crazy? That There's no lottery here. Really? So if you gotta, if you want to play the lot or if it's like Mega Millions crazy, you got to go to Utah or Arizona. So there's like on the border, there's like a huge line of people from Vegas going. But it's crazy. It's like casinos don't want you to play the lottery. They want you to be at the casinos. Well, that makes sense. I was going to say, there's got to be a tie there, right? Like the casino. Yeah, why don't? Yeah. Why doesn't a casino or the casinos all band together and create a lottery, right? Like, kind of something that would be beneficial to all of them. Just take the just take the payout. But I yeah, think uh, yeah. here in North Carolina, it's the North Carolina Education Lottery. So a lot of the money goes directly into oh, nice. educational funds. So they kind of make it important. Yeah, I yeah. guess, If you want to look yeah. at it that way, but uh, yeah, so. I know I lost. You know I'm good for it. I'm gonna get you something one way or another. It's just I can't. I can't mail it to you. I can't go on one yeah. eight hundred right, spirits right. and get it to you. But we're gonna try. We're gonna yeah. try and make that happen. But uh, yeah. I want to go into the next biggest topic right now. Let's talk about our time together in Mississippi. It is. It was my first year as a professional broadcaster at 28, 29 years old. How it many is, years has it been since now? Uh, Three, five? four, five, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. that was the seventeen eighteen season, and it was it was a year, man. There was so much crammed into that first year. I think I was spoiled because I think that when I went through every subsequent year since then, they're all just trying to live up to what we did yeah. in that one year. What are some of those memories that you take away from Mississippi? Good, no. bad, indifferent. You tell yeah. me. What are the first things that pop out to you? I mean, when I think of Mississippi, I think family. Like, it really was a family feel to it. Like, Derek Landmaster, our head coach there, like, he was a legend in South Haven. And I think he really, for Rachel and I, like, he brought us in and he made us a part of his family. And I'm sure with you, too. Like, he, it was it was hard when we folded because of that. It just had a really good family feel to it. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of Mississippi. Um, and then obviously a bunch of crazy stories, but, but that's the first thing that comes to my family. Like it was, it was kind of, I wouldn't, it's hard to say, like, it's, it was kind of a low point in my career, but it's not really like it was, uh, I was trying to work my way back up and, uh, well, w- tell me what's the timeline there? Because I know you were in Fayetteville, right? So what was the what was the timeline there? What do you mean work your yeah. way back up? 
So I went um, Huntsville, Alabama for, in the SPHO when I was 20 uh, in 2010. And then back to my hometown of Laredo as a head guy there uh, for a year. Laredo Bucks folded. So maybe I'm bad luck or something. But yeah, so we folded. And Says then, the guy that just lifted the Stanley Cup. Shut up. <laughs> and then I was uh, Texas Stars for three seasons. Won the Calder Cup there. Um, went to Utah for a year. And I got in some trouble there, and then I kind of had to work my way back up. So that's when I went to Fayetteville for a year, and then Mississippi. So, but honestly, it was the best time I had. In my 14 years, it was the most fun we had. Rachel and I loved it there. Like, it was it was awesome. I remember the bus rides. I remember... Uh, oh, I do have a picture. I may, I may find this picture. Go, go ahead. Find it. I know the picture you're talking about. Uh, I remember... <laughs> I remember that exact trip. I'm going to give you a couple minutes. I'll stall while you find that picture. Go ahead. Uh, I remember that exact trip. It was a short road trip. Like I think it was a Saturday game, and we had played Friday at home the week before or the night before. May or may not have been hungover. I guarantee you I was hungover. And I remember swinging by the McDonald's uh, right near the (laughs) arena there, and I had gotten like a 20-pack just for myself. And I remember sitting on the bus. They had the convertible table that could sometimes be – you know a bunk and it was set up as a table and i'm like screw it i'm just gonna go ham on these nugs yeah and i went ham and boy that uh that hit me real quick and i just out there it is there it is just passed out just absolutely crushed probably from the night before nugs in the stomach and that's it that's all it took that's all i knew exactly the picture you're going the bus is honestly the first place my mind goes when I think about Mississippi, as awkward yeah. as it is. Oh, yeah, I forgot it's, about those. It's honestly the bus. From the very first bus trip that we ever went on, and we've never, we still to this point have never figured this out. I, I think it was one of the heroes, but the Phantom Shire incident, we still never no, figured that no. out. For those of you I listening, think I, know what it is. Actually, I have a picture. Okay. I know what it is. Okay, hold on. Let's explain this story, and we're going to get down to Detective Lopez. You're going to let us know who it is. So the rule is... I may have deleted the picture. Oh, no. On a hockey bus, or most any team bus, you are not allowed to go number two on the bus. It just yeah. causes too many problems. I was the rookie, so naturally I was going to get saddled with all of the, oh, it was TJ. It was absolutely TJ. No, no, I know the rules. I know the spot. It probably didn't help that we sat up front right next to the bathroom, so it was easy to get to. But yeah. one day on that very – I don't even think it was a regular season. Like I think it was just a preseason trip or well, no. something Do like that. Do you remember pre- preseason? We didn't make it. We didn't go. Oh, that's the bus right. Before we even left. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. That's right. Didn't go. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I completely fr- Okay, so it wasn't preseason. It must have been the first trip of the year. Yeah. And sure enough, we get back and somebody had violated the cardinal rule. Who do you think it was? No, I don't think. I know. Okay. I saw him. I took a picture. <laughs> Brian Arneson. Oh, okay, Brian Arneson. Which I hope he watches this and uh, yeah has a rebuttal, but I'm pretty sure it was him. I took a picture. I must have deleted it. But what was the picture? Walking, he was walking out of the restroom and he was like, 
like deer in the headlights. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, like if you're going to at least fun. do it, like kind of maybe try to play it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I thought for sure it was going to be one of the Euro guys who like didn't speak English, like, and just pretending like, Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. And just playing yeah. the, playing the language card. But, uh, I can also no, see Brian pretty, doing that too. Yeah. I could probably, I mean, I am in Vegas I am, and I am a betting man and I could bet a lot of money <laughs> that it was this guy. Do me a favor. Go ahead and put a hundred bucks on twenty-seven. Go do it. Just, just go do it. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> all right. All right. Perfect. I think about that bus uh, probably yeah. more often than I should. From from that incident to just the um, just but, but the debauchery. Like Why? Like we like we would get after you a lot because sometimes you wouldn't want to partake with me and messes. Yeah, Drinking. it was my first yeah. year. Like, I didn't want to go so hard that my hockey broadcasting career ended because I got hammered and obliviated every single night. You know, I wanted to yeah. at least act a little bit like I'd been there. No, we would drink a lot and watch. Well, rest in peace now, Jerry Springer. But we would watch Baggage. Yep. <laughs> Great show. <laughs> Which we're, we're making like side bets on who we think is the one with the baggage. You know, we're trying to yeah. guess the winners and, you know, we're not putting money on it or anything, but we're like, all yeah. right, someone's going to yeah. chug if they're wrong. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I, I actually forgot about all those, but yeah, no, it was a really good time. Like sometimes I'd show up and if I have a little one-year-old now, but before he came into play, and Rachel would want, we'd be gone for a couple of days and Rachel would want to hang out. And I would just be so hungover or drunk still. And I'd be like, no, I need to sleep. But, that bus. but yeah, no, it was good times. It, it, yeah, the bus rides were really fun. We spent a lot of time in close quarters because we would go from the bus uh, to the second half of the year. Anyway, you and I were roomies on the road because originally we had, uh, I was always with a player. Do you remember when they would call me the Grim Reaper? Because I was always stashed with the scratch and at that level the scratches were basically guys who if you're rooming with tj on a road trip you're gone in two weeks like i remember being with um uh uh hall what was his name i can't remember his last name anywho i i was with all these guys like right before they would get cut but then eventually i can't remember what the shakeup was i think oh it was after our athletic trainer left yes um and we got a woman athletic trainer she would get her own room so you and i got to bunk up yeah yeah, yeah, that's right that was uh angie angie shout out to angie she's she's a mom now she's she's doing really well she's i think well she worked for the memphis fc soccer team or 901 fc i think now she works for the xfl Oh, I wouldn't surprise me. I don't follow her that yeah. quickly, but she was. I could be wrong, but yeah. she was a godsend because we were in need of an athletic trainer right in the middle of the season, and it's not like a million people are applying to become the athletic yeah. trainer in South Haven, Mississippi. She was a godsend, and no, I mean, she was really good. The trainer we had before that was certainly full of stories. Yeah, to, but since we're on the, should we say some of? Let's go. I mean, these are some of the best stories that I have. And I think it's him 90% of the time. That's the reason why I look back at the other years that I've spent in hockey going, that year just never lived up to Mississippi. I think it's because of him. He just took my Richter scale and put it so high. Um, What do you got? What's the first one that you remember about him? The first one? Yeah, the most outrageous one, I guess. I like him. I I always liked him. I thought he was... He's a good guy. Different, but he he was he was a good he had a good heart, I thought. But he um 
yeah, he got in some trouble, I guess, and he was at a local casino in Tunica. And, uh, and right after the regular season finale, right? We all started drinking. In... Oh, no, he didn't make it to the regular season. Oh, like or I'm sorry, it was it was after a game. I'm sorry, it was after a game. That's right. He didn't make it to the regular season finale. But I remember we were all together at Fox and Hound, which was our our spot. So I'm wrong. It was at Fox and Hound. So yeah, Fox and Hound. He was at the bar, and this is his story. (laughs) So he sitting at the bar, and some dude goes up to him, and he's like, "Um, "Hey, you want to go to the casino?" And was like, "Yeah, yeah." Oh, sorry. So our trainer was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and uh, so he, they go, and he notices that they're not going towards Tunica. Um, and he's like, okay, what's going on? And it, they take him to an ATM. And So this is all his story. Who knows if it's true or not, and maybe he just got a hooker or something. But So he, they, go to, they go to this ATM, and they tell him, take money out. And we'll let you go. So he goes and takes 200 bucks out, gives it to him, gets back in the van, goes to another ATM, 200 more bucks out, back in the van. And then they like they do this three more times until he doesn't have any more money, I guess. And they drop him off in Arkansas. <laughs> he hit his daily limit, I guess, right? You can only take out yeah. two grand or something. You do that 10, 12 times, you're, you're at your limit. So he says he ended up in Arkansas and uh, he's at a hotel and he waits for the sheriffs to come and then they drop him back to South Haven. But I don't know how true the story is. Like he, who knows? Like he, he, he said the cops were like looking at the cameras and stuff, but I don't know. I just think he had a great time and he lost his wallet or something. And, but <laughs> I, I, I remember that night distinctly. We were all at the Fox and the Hound. We were in the back section and we were all hanging out. Um, and I was one of the last people to leave because he kind of wanted me to stick around and it was after a game and I was already exhausted. Like, I'm just like, it's been a long day. It was a Saturday night. It's already like one 30 in the morning. Like I'm out, man. Like, no, no, you know, he's, he's like, oh, come on, stick around. I'm like, no, 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 I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. So I go home and then, you know, he tells me this whole story the next day and I'm just like, you couldn't have just left when everybody else left. Like you couldn't have yeah. read the room, man. Like, but I do remember the guy that kind of like they almost played it like you're trying to pick up a girl right like that you yeah. remember when you're hanging out with like one of your female friends or something and a guy just kind of weasels his way in like i remember throughout the night this guy kept coming back coming back and buying him shots and honestly that's kind of what i thought was maybe going on maybe he thought that you know yeah our trainer was that way and was just trying yeah. and was going to get shut down but no it was more to set him up for this and i'm just like Really? I mean, that story, because we asked him that story, like to tell it again and again and again, and sometimes the details didn't always line up, but that's not yeah. even that's yeah. not even the most memorable story no, I have. You him. have a big one, though. You have a big one. It was bl- like you almost had like a crime scene. <laughs> it's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So uh, the story here is Black Friday that year. So it would have been Black Friday 2016. We were getting set to leave for a road trip, and we were leaving early in the morning on Black Friday. So it was really Thanksgiving Day at like 1 a.m., I think, is when the bus yeah, was taken yeah. off. And you and 
you you and the athletic trainer you were the guys that were responsible for obviously loading up the equipment and yeah, things back in the gear, loading it up yeah exactly and i was one of the last guys to get there i'm sorry i should have helped out a little more i feel guilty about it this day but i was one of the last guys to get there but i remember my mom was in town because she had spent thanksgiving with me and i'm getting ready to leave and you call me and you're like yo you live near him can you swing by his place? Cause normally he's here an hour ago. He's not here. Like I'm loading all this stuff myself. Can you go just go check on it? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I swing by his apartment. The door is open. I go in and I find him face down in the hallway, just passed out. Like I swear to God, I thought he was dead. Like I literally yeah. thought he was dead. He was either hammered, hung over. This is November of the season so this is our second month in i had just broken into this career i have a full-time job as a hockey broadcaster i have no time for anyone's shit like get yeah. your ass up and get to the bus and do you remember he didn't bring anything like we were no, going he, to i think peoria he had to keep going to like the coals to get like a toothbrush yeah, and like yeah, no blanket no pillow no pants like no, nothing <laughs> unbelievable and I, he went out like his story was originally that he went out and um had thanksgiving with somebody i can't remember who it was yeah it um, one of the boosters I do remember. no it was um i don't know i don't know how to say it but it was a uh, forgot her name but she was a uh, cleaning lady at lander's Oh, okay. I maybe I yeah. I'm, I must have missed that. I think that feels like I'm hearing that for the first time. But okay, he went out for Thanksgiving. He just said that he got really really drunk and he came back and it just didn't mix well. Yeah. And and it could have been yeah, a simple yeah. story of yeah, he was really really drunk. But this guy is lying face down in the carpet. I swore. I'm like, great. I'm gonna have to call the cops. Like this this is unbelievable. Like let's get ready. Like come on. Like yeah. go. Unreal. This guy's a legend, man. He I think absolutely. You you should have him on the podcast. <laughs> I could. I He's a legend. <laughs> I absolutely could. I do also remember, oh, poor guy. Uh, I remember the one time where it was after a game. I don't know if we are in Knoxville or where we were, but I was getting on the bus, and you and Mess decided to mess with me by sicking him after me and bringing up a friend from back home. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I was just really angry because I just did not have a good call. So I'm sitting there like I'm fuming to myself as I'm walking down from the press box. I'm like, I butchered names. I called the score wrong. I, I was just absolutely just so pissed at myself. And I walk on the bus and you and Landmesser had put him up to bringing up a really good friend of mine from back home in Pennsylvania uh to try and find out if there was maybe some romantic connection there and i'm uh, there's nothing there there hasn't been anything there and i'm pissed and i just shut him down i was just like man shut the f and sit down like i'm not dealing with this right now and then like he he just like the one time he thought he was in with the cool crowd and then yeah. i come in and i just ripped him to shreds and he's like Okay, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then you later come up to me, and you, I think because we stopped at like a Circle K or something or a holiday on the way back, and you're like, yeah, we, we kind of put him up to that. We saw you post something about her on Instagram, so we were like, yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah, go ahead, do that. And oh, it's just, yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah, it didn't remember. work out. I felt so bad for the guy, but, you know, it was, yeah, it was a developing year. It was a year that really, ooh, it, for you, it was in the middle of your career because you started, when was your first year, 2010? 2010 in Huntsville. So yeah, it was middle of my career. Yeah, trying to climb my way back up, and then I go to Seattle after that, and that really changed my trajectory of my career. Like after Seattle, WHL is such a good league that it opened up a lot of doors. So 
it was good. But no, Memphis, Mississippi is it's still one of our favorite seasons to like Rachel and I talk about it all the time. Do you remember what's your, what's, what's your favorite moment in Mississippi? Oh, my favorite, well, the, the buses. It's the first thing my mind always goes back to just, just hanging out. I mean, I slept a lot on those buses cause I mean, they're God, those rides were so long that I'm, yeah. ju- I'm just sitting there. If I can close my eyes and, and wake up and three hours have passed, that's great. Cause it's only one third of the ride. You know, we got plenty more. But the buses, yeah. the buses are the first thing I think of. I don't think of the press boxes. I don't necessarily think of the after game hangs or anything like that. I just I think of those buses. That was that was something that was yeah. awesome. Do you remember? Like there there was something like fear just kind of came across me, and I'm like, like I just got started. Now we got to go into this. Do you remember we found out? You know we're folding. What what did you think you were gonna do? What did you think was next for you? Yeah. Well, no, I remember it was probably like, what two or three weeks after the season ended. So yeah. as an equipment guy, that equipment guy at that level you only get paid two weeks before the season and two weeks after the season really okay and then you're you're done for the season so i i must have already been done because i wasn't going in and mess texted me he was like hey could you come to the rink and i was like probably waking up with like 11 hungovers (laughs) or something and i was like (laughs) okay so i show up and i'm like and mess meets me in the parking lot and i'm like are we fired and he's like, uh, because honestly, I would have stayed there another season. That's how much we enjoyed it. Like right. I, I wasn't really looking to go anywhere. I, we really did enjoy our time there. So I was like, you know, two years here is fine. Like we, Tammy and the girls there were awesome. Like we really enjoyed being there. So we weren't really looking to move. And, um, and he was like, no. And I said, are we folding? And then he was like, yeah, but I don't know if you remember, um, what's the family that owns it the maddox foundation so they came to the rink (laughs) i remember and they were or during the season and they were just taking notes of everything that was around the room tvs like medical tables like everything they were taking inventory and i told mass i was like this is kind of weird here like what are they doing here and it, it just kind of got brushed off but um but yeah so he told me and then we went in that room and um yeah, I don't know. For me, it was always like, well, I guess I got to find something else. But I, yeah, I wasn't really too nervous about what I was going to do. But I was, it sucked. Like I, I, when I told Rachel, it was, it was sad because we enjoyed our time there. Yeah. But it was more sad, not really like scared of what I was going to do. But it was, it was a really sad moment. I just remember that day because uh, the only time that I personally ever saw the owner coming through was when something bad was happening. Like if someone was getting fired or like when we went through that GM change middle of the year, like that was the only time that I ever saw them. So I was in the uh, copy room next to the interim GM. And I remember just like elbowing him and going, Hey, Hey, who's getting fired today. And then yeah. ultimately I found out it was, it was all of us, you all know, us. We, yeah. we all got fired. Um, it was, it was hey, tough. Who runs that Twitter account? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because they, they just, like, tweeted at me. and Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah they're alive. Ghost of the River Kings. Not to uh, <laughs> not to pull down the curtain on the Wizard of Oz. But, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's cool that it't still exists. But uh, you yeah, obviously no, cool. you landed on your feet in Seattle. And that was a, a career move for you. You were there for three years, right? Cause, yeah, COVID seasons. But, yeah, three yeah, years. Right? So, uh, no, that I just actually had a night with Matt Odette uh, last night. We, He's here. They just won WHL Championship. So yeah. he's celebrating and 
well, we won a Stanley Cup, so we're celebrating, and we we had a night in Vegas last night for sure. I was going to ask you because I texted you earlier today, our time at like four o'clock, and you're telling me you might be a little hungover when we do this <laughs> together. And I'm sitting there going, George, it's, it's one o'clock your time. What do you yeah. mean you're a little hungover? So that explains. No, I struggled. I actually went to. Um, it's called Shaq's Big Chicken. It's Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal owns a fried chicken joint. So okay. we went. That cured me. Cured me. <laughs> <laughs> So it was all, it was actually really good. A little grease of the gods, I guess, right? Grease and a beer and a shot, and I'm good to go. A little little hair of the dog too. That's it, it's awesome, man. I mean, it's it's one of those things where uh, it's great to see you lift the cup. You're you're the only person that I know that's ever lifted the Stanley Cup personally. You've also yeah. listed the Calder Cup when you were an intern um, with Texas back in the day. Assistant, assistant, assistant. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Is an assistant. Um, it's just, it's incredible. Like just to see no, what you're doing, really where you're cool. going. It's been really cool. Like, um, my hometown of Laredo, uh, has done a couple stories on me and, uh, I did like a TV interview and newspaper and it's, it's really cool. Cause I mean, Laredo, like South Texas on the Mexican border, I would have never, like who would have thought, right? Like I, and that, that is what goes through my mind. Like when I, uh, Calder cup and the Stanley cup, it's like, I'm really lucky. Like this isn't something that should happen to a guy from Laredo. Like I hockey came into my life when I was like 14, never, ever had seen a hockey game before that. Never, ever. I wouldn't have, if someone showed me a hockey stick, I wouldn't know what the hell it was. Like it was crazy. So hockey came into my life at 14 and it stayed and I fell in love with the game. And yeah, so that does go through my mind when stuff like this happens. It's like, like I'm a Mexican kid. Like, it, it's not something that is normal for someone from Laredo. So it was really cool that my hometown um, has been doing these stories and stuff. I remember you telling me the story about how you got into it. Cause I think I asked you this on the bus at one point or, or another, but it was literally as easy. I say as easy, but it's probably very difficult, but someone was just like, Hey kid, you're here every weekend. Anyway, you just want to help out or something along yeah. those lines. Right. Uh, yeah, for sure. It was uh, Rusty Aldridge, right? She keeps saying his name because he's actually um, has a lot of medical issues and he's like in need for like a kidney transplant. So like I owe a lot to, to him, to be honest. Like I was just a kid watching the game, watch, like I enjoyed the game and I was like, just there watching warmups one day and he looked up and he was like, hey, and he called me down and I went down in my Bucks jersey like I was a fan. And he was like, you want to help out? Just fill water bottles and take six to the bench and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And yeah, since then, I just stuck around it. And uh, yeah. The rest so is it, history, I as they say. For sure, yeah. So it was it was really cool. It was, yeah. So, George, yeah, you, you start out, right, like as, as this little kid in Laredo, Texas, a non-traditional hockey market. Um, obviously, you're someone of Mexican descent. I mean – let's talk about race. It's something that is certainly so important in the game of hockey and in life in general, as you've come across it, what has been your experience um, as you've made your way up from junior to, to pro hockey and all around? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting because uh, growing up, Laredo is so Hispanic, like 95% Mexican American that I never really experienced racism as a, kid because it's everyone's the same right right so, like it's it's not so it's kind of like reverse racism i guess in laredo but but yeah so but oh man everywhere i've gone i've experienced at least a little bit like 
my first year pro, um, first ever, ever hockey game. I was with Huntsville Havoc and uh, we're in Knoxville. And they announced like head coach Randy Murphy, athletic trainer Bobby Harmon, equipment manager Jorge Lopez, and some guy in the stands yells, Go back to Mexico, you effing. Sp-. What? I was like, What? Like, what the hell's going on? Like, yeah. So, like, that was my first ever experience with it. And it was like. And you heard that. Of- you heard that from the oh, bench. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look, I don't know if you remember in Knoxville, like, it's like the fans <laughs> are right above you. Yeah, that's right. So you- so you're right there with them and like it's but yeah i'm a 20 year old kid and it's like what the hell's going on like i never thought anything of it before that and that was kind of my first experience with it and but yeah since then it's been it, it has gotten better for sure it's gotten better is it always um, is it always coming from the fans of the opposing team you know is it all is that where you're getting most of of the um, racism sort of like my last one wasn't like in colorado some guy called me um pablo or something like something like that so yeah it was from a fan from fans there too but actually in mississippi which i don't even know if you know this story i I don't really want to i don't really want to um throw anyone on the bus but we had a secret santa uh in the locker room and uh one of the players got me and they got me like a pair of gardening gloves a rake and a sombrero um and you just laugh it off, right? It's whatever. And like, yeah, I get it. It's funny. But like looking back on it, you're kind of like, that's kind of fucked up, right? Like it's, you kind of looked at it and it's like, hmm, like that's kind of shitty. And we had like a board that um, to put uh, skate sharpening so they need skate sharpenings or whatnot. And it would be like whatever number, five eights or whatever. And it would be, so they had their number, five eights, um, how did you jump the fence or five eights? Did you swim over the river and shit like that? So like, yeah, it's shitty. It for sure. It's shitty. And like, yeah, like, so like stuff like that, which I know it comes from like, they're just joking around, but like, it's, it it is, it it makes you feel like, you know, do I belong in this sport? Like it, it does make you feel that way, but then you lift the Stanley cup and you're like, yeah, suck it. Right? So, <laughs> cuz I guarantee yeah. you I don't know who it was that got you that I can guarantee you they've never lifted the Stanley Cup and I don't yeah. know what they're doing today. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, stuff like that. So, it's it's a it's a tough thing and I know, you know, I I think all of these initiatives that the NHL, the AHL are putting on whether it's hockey is for everyone or what have you, I think a lot of the race stuff can sometimes get buried you know, behind some of the LGBTQ community and things like that. Yep. I think we forget sometimes that it's, it's also all races. You know what I mean? It's across the board. It's hockey is for literally everyone, race, gender, sexual orientation, whatever it might be. And I, th- I think yep. sometimes that a little bit of that, you know, gets buried. And that was always my argument with a lot of the guys who were choosing not to wear the warm up jerseys. I'm like, okay, fine. You might be against that, but you're probably not against, you know, races and you've got yeah. teammates that are different races and things like it, it's a, it's a sticky subject, but uh, I, mean, sure. I, I'm glad but it should, it should, I don't think it should be a sticky subject, but it is. I, I exactly because people make it stickier, right? Like, and then yeah. it becomes a situation where those who don't have a dog in the fight decide to not get involved. And then that's when we don't get any progress because it's just one side versus the other side. And the masses in the middle don't take sides and nothing gets changed and nothing gets done. For sure. But uh, that's a crazy story. 
what's hard too is like I have a one year old and his last name's Lopez. So he's probably gonna play hockey if he wants to, whatever. And it's tough to think that like he may experience some of that stuff. I hope not. I hope he never does, but probably will. And it's kind of shitty, like, because I like we I said like I didn't grow up thinking like, oh my last name's Lopez. I'm shouldn't play this sport. Like I shouldn't be in this sport. Like I never thought of that. But yeah, you experience it, and it's yeah, it's a little shitty. But you know what? It honestly speaks to how you got started in Laredo at such a young age and the fact that you could get pulled in so easily. Like, it talks about how important the game of hockey in the reach is when it's done right. You know, Rusty didn't care who you were, what you looked like, how old you were, whatever. (laughs) He pulled you in, and you fell in love with this game, and it's become your life. It's become, you know, it ultimately led you to Rachel and to Leo and everything else that you have, like... It, it, it speaks to how important hockey is to the world and sports are to the world that if you forget about the differences for just one second about what for someone's sure. last name is or what their sexual orientation is or their ethnicity, all of a sudden you can change someone's life. Like, and just don't be a d- like, that's the best. That's <laughs> yes. How hard is that? Like, I just don't, exactly. get it. I just don't no, get exactly. it. Um, and it's a shame because Laredo doesn't have hockey anymore. The Bucks folded in 2012. They tried and, uh, bringing them back, though. They tried bringing them back. With a shitty junior team, that ended up being like frauds. But um, uh, I even think like an ice rink or something around there would be beneficial to the area. And that was I did a couple. I did a couple interviews, and that was kind of my big sticking point. That like, who knows where the hell I would be? Like, I would. I don't know what I would be doing. Working somewhere in Laredo for something. I don't know what I would be doing at all. Like, it's been my only my only job in life is hockey. You're a lucky so, man. Like, I have no, I have no clue. So, yeah, you never know. Like, I know Laredo's not a hockey town, but you build an ice rink. A kid grows up playing it, or whatever. He becomes a trainer, or a ticket guy, or a broadcaster. Right? Like, it, it opens up so many doors to, so many more doors that people in Laredo don't know. So, like, I, I hope at some point some Laredo millionaire opens up an ice rink. Well, I think that speaks to just non-traditional hockey markets in general. And both of us are entrenched right now in a non-traditional hockey market, whether it's Charlotte, North Carolina, or Henderson, Nevada. Like, these are not traditional. When you think traditional hockey markets, you think north of the border in Canada, you think Minneapolis, you think Boston, yeah. right? So, I, you know, are you guys as a team, you know, the Silver Knights trying to do everything that Laredo kind of did for you on a bigger, grander scale? Or is there anything that yeah. you're involved with? You know what's crazy, though? Like, Vegas loves the Golden Knights. That's a good oh, thing. Crazy, but yeah, no, Vegas like loves hockey. Like they, it doesn't hurt. It does not hurt that they've been to the Cup Finals twice in what their first know, six years in existence. <laughs> but like even in Henderson, like the crowds are bumping. It's a mini T-Mobile. Like it's a party there. The crowd loves it. Like they, we weren't that good this year, and it's still packed. It doesn't matter. Like they're. They're aw- it's awesome here. But, yeah, no, the team does do um, – it kind of goes to lower income of uh, neighborhoods too to, like, they do street hockey and uh, all over Vegas, not just Henderson. But, yeah, no, it, they have tried reaching out. And they, I think they've done a good job, and especially with the Silver Knights. Like, Golden Knights games are a little bit expensive to go to. So a lot of, like, Uber drivers I speak to and stuff, they're like, oh, no, I haven't been to a Golden Knights game. But we go to Silver Knights games because they're cheaper and stuff like that so it's really cool like they they put on a a, it's a show like i'm sure you've seen like 
the Golden Knights is um, pregame show and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, the Silver Knights do the same thing. Like it's it's uh, it's great. It's awesome. Don't you guys have the town crier that comes in we with have like town crier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got like that long um, bugle looking thing, and that's how you yeah. guys announce the goals and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, uh, it, scored, but yeah, no, yeah. It's awesome. The fans love it. So, it's yeah. super cool. Honestly, I was on the fence when Vegas announced that they were going to have a team because I really. That could go one of two ways, and fortunately, it went the right way, right? Like because it becomes another show in Vegas, and I was like, "Well, it's yeah. going to get lost in the shuffle. People are going to be on the strip. They're going to want to gamble, blah 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 blah." But there's so many people that don't just want to gamble; they want to go see a show. But I can think yeah. of a million people that don't want to go see Adele or don't want to yeah. go see Celine Dion. They'd rather see yeah. a sport, and I think that's why. The Golden Knights, I think that's why the Silver Knights, the uh, the Raiders that have come in and the Athletics that are coming in, I think that's why they're going to yeah. all do so well because not only is it a booming enough metropolis where people live and people enjoy yeah. their time, so you've got good season ticket sales, things like that, but also at the end of the day, you get a lot of walk-up traffic from people who are just on their bachelor parties and bachelorette yeah. parties and different things like that. Like it's a, it's a great, it adds something and there's nothing like the game of hockey. I mean, if yeah. you just want to grab someone and, and just punch them in the face with excitement, you take them to a hockey game. I mean, that's what yeah. you do. No. And Henderson's, a, I think it's the second biggest city in Nevada, which is a joint to Vegas basically, but it, it is the second biggest city. And, and it's, um, so it's kind of like I think that's why we called it the Henderson Silver Knights, not the like Vegas Silver Knights, something, because they tried making it Henderson's team, and it, Henderson has like kind of gravitated towards the Silver Knights, towards the Nighthawks too. The Nighthawks uh, Arena football team plays out of there, and it's unreal crowds. Like it's five thousand seats, and it's packed every single night. So yeah, no, it's it's a booming town. It's it's awesome here. I love it here. It's great. I, I always, when I found out that you had gotten the gig with Henderson, the first thing, the first thing I'm thinking is, wait, George Lopez, George, George Lopez, the guy, George Lopez, like it's going, going to Vegas of all places. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to say you're a degenerate. Don't get me wrong. That's not exactly what I'm saying, but are you half a degenerate? I would, I would say yes. That's a fair I, I assessment. Dabble, I dabble in the craps and the roulette. And the <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that was obviously before that you had a little one in the family. So I don't know how you've changed as a family man and things like that, but it's um, certainly. Just... It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is Rachel just enables. Awesome. That's great. Oh, we have a great babysitter. <laughs> yeah, no, <that's> great. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It, it's just, it's incredible how a career goes right like i mean yeah. when you think about you at 14 or me at 28 deciding you know what i'm gonna get into this game they call hockey in, in whatever capacity and yeah what were you doing before car salesman yeah i was a car salesman right like and then i got a break working at a radio station and that led into play-by-play -play, and then i'm like you know what forget the car sales i'm gonna go I do community development and call games for the Mississippi River Kings. Mississippi yeah. has a hockey team. Yeah, apparently they do. I'm going there. See yeah. you guys later. <laughs> uh, I remember yeah. interviewing with Mess, and I was just like, ah, oh, he seems like a hockey guy. You know, he's Thunder Bay, Ontario, so he's a Canadian. He's a hockey guy. Oh yeah. man, what what a time that was, and that was that was the start, and I was tainted ever since because it's just yeah. nothing has lived up to those 
those times. I was also younger. Was I couldn't I was keep Charlotte. It. I haven't been to Charlotte in, in a little bit, but oh. I was at New Bojangles Arena. Oh, it's amazing. The atmosphere, like, so Bojangles back in the 50s was the largest freestanding dome uh, in the world up until Madison Square Garden was built like a couple years later. So that sound just like funnels. It's it's a great atmosphere. There's a lot of pe- Nobody from Charlotte is actually from Charlotte. Like if you talk to them, you, the first question out of your mouth is just generally, where are you originally from? Because they're not from Charlotte. Like you don't huh. run into people who are from here. They all move down here. They're either snowbirds or they've come here for work or it's the finance capital of the world. So there's a lot of people that come here for the different banks and institutions that set up. So nobody's like actually from here but we get a lot of those northerners so when they come down here and they find out that they have a hockey team they're like boom let's go and they latch and they sink their teeth into the team so it's it's a really good vibe i mean when you're averaging about 65 to 7 thousand fans a game in charlotte north carolina you're you're good you're good we're consistently top 10 so i can't complain um the people have been like just fantastic to me i mean were you there with old donnie white no, he had left the year before that I got there. So um, no, he's, he, one, he's one of my good buddies. He's a beauty. Yeah, he's awesome. He is. He is my um, actually my my cube mate used to be or still is his girlfriend. I'm not quite sure. I'm not that close with her, but they're uh, they used to be together. Maybe they still are. I'm sorry if they are. I don't know the full story, but I know that they used to date for a little while, or maybe still are. And um, I've heard yeah. so many stories about him. One of the um, the best stories I heard about him is they used to do a little skit that they would that was it was a sponsored segment by the local appliance store and they called it laundry talk and it was just him the assistant guy just just shooting just like this like in front of a washer and it it, it sold it worked but as i'm sitting here thinking back to our conversation and i'm thinking back to uh the secret santa gift and everything it got me thinking about christmas do you remember the team christmas party oh god more more trainer stories more trainer stories first of all also Y'all set me up in the best way anybody has ever set me up in my life. Yes. So every rookie, for those of you who don't know, every rookie was required to do karaoke. And I'm not shy. I will do karaoke stone sober if you send me up You know what? Quickly, Rachel and I talk about this often. Do you remember Mess would just sit there at his table like he was like the mafia king? And he would... (laughs) He would call over players like Georgie, go call Sherwood. And then he would call call him over and he would pour up a fireball shot and they would take shots. (laughs) But he was like he was like literally like like a mob king. Like he was just like I remember that, but I'm now sitting here thinking at no point did Mess say, hey, uh, come o- come over here. I didn't get any fireball shots. Now, granted, you know, as the broadcaster, you're constantly balancing the like, are you hockey ops? Are you no, front office? Yeah, yeah. You know, like what what are you doing? So I was hanging with most of the front office people there, but I I didn't know he was handing out. F- I remember him oh, sitting yeah. back, like you know, today yeah. on the day of my daughter's wedding, you know, yeah, like having that vibe. Oh my god, it's it's dark hair and everything. Like it, it worked out. I don't remember <laughs> him doing the shot. That's pretty funny because the boys were getting yeah. pretty tuned up. I mean. And that was the thing. And all the rookies were doing the karaoke. And weeks prior to the rookies, including in the front office, everybody had to do karaoke, including people in the front office. And weeks prior, you guys flipped the script on me. You came up to me, you and Mess. It was on the bus on a road trip. And you were like, hey, we got to get because he's a rookie to the athletic trainer to do a song at the Christmas party. What song should we make him do? And I thought for half a second, I'm like, Barbie girl, 
go aqua that's the jam perfect for him and then when we get to the christmas party and the rookie's got to do karaoke surprise surprise you don't know what song you're getting and i get barbie girl by aqua because you guys were really trying to figure out it's like well whatever he says for someone else is the worst that's the worst and that's what we're going to make him do and i had to do that damn song up there in front of the entire team and the boosters and everybody I'm trying to see. I have a video too. Hmm. And maybe of you singing Barbie Girl. Actually, I have this video too. Well, we should continue about the Christmas story. But do you remember when the mascot threw a fucking puck at me? Oh, in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does a mascot get so angry that he attacks the opposing team's equipment manager? Yeah, what the hell did I do? I don't know, but let's tell the story for the people that weren't even there. Because honestly, the only thing I remember about making Georgia was that a mascot threw a puck at you, and and it was just for whatever reason, and also that they play the most vicious game of musical chairs that i've ever seen because they use those old school like school chairs that have the metal legs with like the metal feet on them and the plastic seats so that's what yeah. they were using and, and they're yeah they're giving away like a year's supply of free crispy cream donuts or something and like people are getting hit in the face with them like women are like grabbing other women by the hair and like yanking them down like <laughs> it was vicious my buddy lived outside of macon and came to visit us for a game and i remember it was like our second or third time there that year. I remember just, I pre-recorded everything for the intermission from start to finish because I just wanted to watch with him the chaos that was going to be musical chairs because apparently Krispy Kremes, that is that is the gift. But those are the two things I remember. The Krispy Kreme musical chairs and you getting pelted with a puck for God knows what reason. So the mascot was behind the bench pushing the glass on the bench and so the sticks were going everywhere so i got annoyed and i told security to hey could he not bang the glass please so he got really mad at me and wrote like a sign that said cry baby behind me and then he was throwing shirts during a tv timeout or something and he passed by the bench and it was a foam puck but he threw a foam puck right at my face and barely missed me. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, yeah, I always got to fight with whatever the hell that guy was. What were they making mayhem? So whatever the hell the mascot was. It was like some barbarian or some Viking or something had like a hat. And because you saw him or ran into him or something along those lines, like after the game, right? Out of costume or something or. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if it was him. And I was like, hey, man. And he was like. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, was, I still remember that story. It was Tyler Green was right in front of his backup, and he was like, what? Like, there's a video, and he's like, did he just throw a puck at you? Like, what's going on? Oh, man, making That place had a pretty cool roof, too. But I do remember who – it was Sean, right? Was there equipment guy who's with Seattle now? Yeah, Sean Thor- – he's with Coachella. Yeah, they're Coachella, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. So game seven tomorrow, right? So. T- tomorrow night. It's either going to be somebody from uh, your division or somebody from my division. Yeah, yeah, so Sean, yeah, yeah, Sean's there now. He, he, yeah, he's awesome. I told him, I was like, hey, who the hell's your fucking mascot? Like, he just threw a puck at me. Like, <laughs> you have so many crazy stories. Do you, what, what do you think is the craziest story you've come across? Like, if somebody were to sit me down and said, okay, you've been doing this for six, seven years, what's the craziest story you come across? I'd point to something in Mississippi because that was just debauchery at its finest. 
Like, was it crazy? It couldn't have been crazier in Seattle, right? Because those are kids that are trying to get drafted. These are, this is some serious stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, No, Seattle wasn't, yeah, their kids are trying to, yeah, move their way up and stuff. And they have billet families and their curfews and stuff. Uh, Texas stars when we won the Calder Cup was pretty crazy. Like, yeah, there's a player that hung out with Johnny Manziel all night. He was like, he showed up to the rink the next morning really drunk. Told me that he was like, man, I'm going to have to fake an injury. So he like faked that he pulled his groin in the middle of practice, puked up a cigarette butt <laughs> in the middle of practice, puked up a cigarette butt. Gross. Uh, yeah. So that, that was crazy. I mean, these Stanley Cup parties have been nuts too. Like we partied at Omni with Steve Aoki. Like Steve Aoki was right next I to me. I saw that. Like your Instagram, just casually, Steve Aoki's just Steve chilling. Aoki's right there. Like that's crazy too. But yeah, no, Seattle definitely not. But yeah, definitely the championship celebrations are the crazy stories. That's insane. Have you seen the yeah. bill? Have you seen the bill? The, what? the bar oh. bill? No, but I honestly think like these clubs just want us there so they don't. It's free. It's the best of both worlds, man. Yeah. As far as the team is concerned, they get to drink as much as they want, and you know, they're setting ready to go. But uh, it's yeah, oh, like the parade was unreal. Like a hundred thousand people out there. Like it was, it was awesome. It was. It's a movie. Like it was. It was really cool to experience. So we had a uh, Silver Knights bus, so um, we had shirts to throw to the fans and all our guys there. So it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Again, going back to like the community feel and how close the Silver Knights and Golden Knights really are, and just the that you guys are can be there, and it, it also works. I mean, this is the front office in me speaking, but it's like a marketing, you know, like it, it just it yeah. helps spread the brand, right? Like, I mean, you're For there, sure. and and obviously you guys did put a lot of hard work, and your taxi squad, and all the guys from the AHL level that got into games during that postseason. It's yeah. it's unique and it's cool. And it's it's something that one day I hope I can be a part of because the yeah uh, I am the master of one and dones in the postseason outside of two <laughs> to outside of two years one actually outside of both years in Charlotte because we went multiple multiple years. do you remember the first game in Mississippi in the playoffs when the the well, ice we, plant broke I failed and we honestly we should have beat Huntsville that year like we, we should absolutely should have I don't absolutely. know why it bothers me this much but it still bothers me that we didn't beat them like we should have beat them i'm gonna say (laughs) i'm gonna say three words four words right now into the camera i'm gonna i'm gonna point right at this camera fuck you keegan asmundson fuck you man he's a good friend of mine now at this point but he was the goalie of huntsville and absolutely robbed that series left and right when i saw him when i ended up in austin and he came on board because he used to play for Austin, he came on board as an assistant and goalie coach the oh, first yes, I thing that. I said to him was, fuck you, man. We had that. We absolutely – they were the only team that was going to stop us. We had yeah. that. And I, I honestly think the whole ice plant failing in Mississippi was a little bit of a problem. Do you remember that? Like, it's 25 yeah. minutes before warm-ups, and, like, they go to cut the ice, and it's like, all right, the ice isn't setting. What is this? Is it, yeah. No, I do remember, and I remember Mess uh, being upset and stuff. But we still won the next game. Right. So we still won, we won game one. And then we went to Huntsville. Uh, and then we went to Huntsville and lost two, right? Yeah, we lost two. Yeah, we stayed yeah. up in that double tree, and I think somebody pulled the uh, 
the old water prank on someone else uh, with the water bucket where you kind of lean it up on the door. Yeah, and yeah. Then they, oh, yeah. Was that me? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't on you. It was on. I, I think it was the players or somebody. I remember oh, hearing. Okay, the, okay. I might have only just heard the story right around that time, and that's yeah, why my yeah. mind is tying these two things together. But um, that was uh, we we should we should have won that. But Keegan, he absolutely yeah. ripped it, ripped it right from our hands. And man, <laughs> I love you, Keegs, but fuck you, man, fuck yeah, you. No. We should have won that. We should have. But, sure. but, but uh, here you are. You've listed a Calder Cup. You've listed the Stanley Cup. What's next for you? What do you got in store? Yeah, hopefully full-time NHL soon. But, uh, no, I'm happy here in Vegas. I'm happy in Henderson. Like, it's yeah. – I'm not lying when I say it's a great organization. Like, I've been drinking. I don't care. <laughs> it's a great organization. Like, I'm not lying about it. It's it's awesome here. The fans are awesome. We just bought a house here. My little guy was born here. So, I'm, ha- I'm happy here, very happy here. Well, you got to go down to uh, your favorite spot and put uh, 100 bucks on 27 for me. 27 for – Arnie, Arnie, that's right. On the bus. That was his number. That was so. We're we're gonna put it on that. I don't know if twenty seven is red or black, so that's why I'm not saying that. I'm just whatever twenty seven is. Put put a hundred bucks on twenty seven, George. Man, this has been awesome. It's been good to catch up with you. It's been good to chat with you. So many stories. Hey, you're, you're still marrying us. Whenever we do get married, you're still marrying us. Supposedly, I mean, at this point, when's that gonna happen? <laughs> when's that gonna happen? Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But whenever it whenever happens, it happens it. I'm ready to go. I've done nine or ten already. I got another one lined up this summer. I got one more in me. Let's go. We'll do it. And I will not yeah. talk hey. about any of the stories we've talked about here in the ceremonial. Keep it clean. Keep All it right, fresh for the family. Because by then, who knows? At the rate we're going, Leo's going to be a teenager. And then we'll finally get Honestly. to this. For sure. Hey, you and the wife should break, make a trip to Vegas, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, flights from Charlotte to Vegas, 79 bucks or whatever they are, we'll do it. We'll do it. We just got to yeah, get some PTO. Sure. Life of the working <laughs> people. For sure. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. That was Henderson Silver Knights head equipment manager, George Lopez, my good, good friend. We have so many stories. We have so, so many times and just great time spent together he's just the first of many many guests that are going to come down the pipeline as we talk a little bit about our careers working in sports and just the absolute chaos that it is this has been chilling with shalot i'm play-by-play broadcaster tj shalot we'll see y'all next time right back here